Greetings, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. Buckeye football is back, baby. Part 2. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the second part of the show we did last week. Buckeye football is back, baby, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about from Sean Wade coming back and Wyatt Davis coming back and the Big Ten releasing their schedule finally. Yeah, um, I think uh, we're starting to get a more clear picture of kind of what we're getting ready to expect here in about the next month. Um, Again, a lot of uncertainty still with uh, a lot of the uh, strict protocols that we talked about in the last episode, but... Uh, this episode, we're mainly going to be focusing on more of a positive focus on a lot of this stuff. Uh, we're not going to focus on all the negative or the, you know, the doubt that's creeping in with, you know, are we even going to have a season or if we have a season, what's it going to look like? Uh, the, the, I think the focus of this one is, you know, we're going to get back down to business here. You know, we're going we're gonna to talk some football. We're going to talk some schedule and uh, we're going to go from there. Absolutely, man. I'm pumped up. Uh one of the things I really want to talk about is the two returning stars to our football team and an already awesome roster we have for this year, and that is Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade. Now, I, I have to admit that I was a little bit skeptical about Sean Wade coming back. I think I always knew Wyatt Davis would come back because it was always kind of out there that the door was open for that. Sean Wade coming back is such a huge thing for kind of captain that defense. Well, I think that's actually probably the most important return that we had of the two by far. Not that I'm taking anything away from Wyatt Davis. Heck, they even put him in the all-decade team in the Big Ten, and he's still playing football. And that says a lot about, uh, you know, a, a Buckeye, let alone an offensive lineman. But uh, Sean Wade was such a key factor in the defense because we lost so much uh, in the defensive backfield. And Sean Wade's a top-ten pick. I mean... You lose someone that's a top 10 pick and you're leaving your entire defensive backfield as backups last year that, you know, we're, you know, there's no easing into the season, obviously. So we definitely needed that veteran presence, that talent in the backfield there. Um, or I'm sorry, you know, in the defensive backfield in order to uh, try to, you know, kind of solidify having a solid pass defense as well as a run defense as well. I think that this whole thing, it, it feels kind of like destiny to me. I know that sounds stupid. Maybe it does. But it just feels like all the adversity we had to come through, players leaving and then coming back, you know, not having a season, having a season, having a shortened season. And now all of a sudden, it just feels like the momentum is our way. And I really feel like, man, when we when we finally get under center, I think we're going to put a hurting on some people. No, I agree. I mean... Going into this year, I had high hopes, and I think the one thing that gets uh, not necessarily overlooked, but maybe uh, the storyline will be a little understated, is how motivated this team is to get back on the field. And it's not necessarily because the Big Ten canceled our season and because we knew who we had coming back, but it all revolves around that semifinal game last year with Clemson, where we really knew we were the better team. Statistically, almost across the board, we were the better team. And we just took a tough L. And I know that every single person in that locker room, especially including uh, Chris Olave and Justin Fields, wants another crack at it. 
And that's why they're super motivated. I mean, there was uh, uh, Ryan Day's been kind of doing the circuit now, especially on Fox Sports, um, since we've gotten the news that we're back. Uh, about how amped we are to play and you know how are the players taking it and what's practices looking like now and he said that Justin Fields from the get-go like opting out was like never even an option for him like he knew he had business that was left undone uh, he's been super motivated this whole time and I mean barring we keep him healthy and keep him COVID free I mean he's gonna have dare I say, an even better year than he did last year. I mean, in the regular season, having 40 touchdown passes to one interception. Um, they, need to I mean, put him, they need to put him in an incubator, like some kind of fresh air room <laughs> where he can stay completely healthy all the time. Well, that's what I mentioned last episode, man, is like I'm, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm looking at these players, especially these key starters, and I'm looking at them saying, hey, I don't care what it takes. I will be your personal errand boy, or I will find someone on staff that will get you whatever you need. Like, do not leave the room. Like, I don't care what it takes. Like, you know, if your parents want to come visit and, you know, you want you you want some me time, I get that. But, man, if you're that motivated to play and we fought this hard to get a season, I'll be damned if, you know, we're going to make some mistakes and end up getting key players that are out for three weeks after testing positive. I think, um, well, the Big Ten put out the schedule, obviously, um, this past weekend. I kind of looked at it, and honestly, I was a little bit surprised with the way it starts out. I'm not surprised with the fact that they moved Michigan to the last game. You and I have had conversations about this, you know, kind of torn between tradition and, you know, between our own personal uh, tradition. But starting off with Nebraska, week one. Well, I really tried to, it's funny because like I used to have the, you know, the schedule saved and for some reason at the beginning of this year, I didn't save the schedule, even though I know we had Bowling Green to start, uh, we were on the road at Oregon and then we had Buffalo, then we started our big 10 season, but I didn't have the season saved, but I'm almost 98% positive that our Big Ten schedule was actually the exact same schedule we had to begin with. Because I know that we had Nebraska at home since we were at Nebraska last year, and I knew we were definitely going to Penn State on the road. Um, I feel like Penn State was probably supposed to be later in the year instead of this early. But uh, as I went through the eight-game schedule for Ohio State, I think this is exactly the same team's in the same home and aways that we were supposed to have in the first place. You know, even though I think that we're going to find out a lot about this team in week one and two, uh, being that we have Nebraska at home and then we go to Penn State, I, I honestly look at this schedule and I look at what we have, and there should be absolutely no problem. I don't feel like there's a problem. I really don't. I feel like Penn State is a great football team, but I really don't feel like they're in the same conversation as in Ohio State. Well, I think the one thing that is actually going to benefit us is that, and Ryan Day had even mentioned this, and so did Justin Fields in their interviews on Fox. This whole time, they've been preparing for a season. They've been optimistic this whole time they've been preparing. I don't know if I can say the same for Nebraska or a Penn State or any of these other teams, because Ohio State knew what they had coming back. They knew they had the drive from the tough loss last year at the end of the season. So they're preparing, and they've been preparing. It's not like, you know, all of a sudden someone tells you, hey, we're not going to play, and then some of these players start letting themselves go, and they're not training every day, and they're not lifting every day, and they're not practicing, you know, hard every day. And all of a sudden you tell them, hey, we're getting ready to get started, and we got a month before games start. Now, sure, that's still maybe enough time to get some practices in, but if you've let your body go, are you really ready to start games in a month? 
Uh, probably not. You're you're not. And you know, I think some of the lower tiered schools. I hate to say it like that, but you know, your Rutgers, your Illinois, stuff like that. I think that they are going to have a much tougher time returning to competition because I think their emphasis at their school just isn't as much on football as it is at say an Ohio State or Michigan. So I really think that they're going to be a little bit behind the eight ball coming back. And I think that, you know, honestly, that could hurt them. And honestly, you know, being in shape, like we talk about Ohio State's been working. We haven't seen like a ton of contact. And I think what happened like this weekend in the NFL was a pretty good indication of some of the things we're going to see and some of the things that actually worry me. You know, being in shape is different than being in football shape. It's different than getting hit all the time. And there were just a ton of injuries in the NFL this weekend. And that's kind of one of the things that concerns me because we haven't really, you know, haven't really put on the pads and haven't really hit quite a bit yet. You know what I mean? So I think I think that's going to present a good challenge, too. No, I I, I understand that. And injuries you can never really predict. Um, I mean, I always go back to Braxton Miller, you know, uh, one freak accident in practice threw the ball, writhing in pain. We thought the season was done. I mean. You know, you never can really predict these things, but I just, you know, it just feels different because ever since that loss and even when hope seemed to be gone and even when Kevin Warren even came down early, you know, at the beginning of, uh, of this whole process with the decision and said this will not be revisited, they never quit practicing. They never quit trying. They never quit pushing forward. I can see a lot of other teams. Actually, I could probably guarantee you a lot of the teams, you know, took that at face value for what it was and they were done with their season. So I fully expect that Ohio State is going to come out game one, and we're not going to see a ton of rust like you would see. I mean, I can guarantee you that we're probably going to be the most prepared team in the Big Ten by far, which is one of the big reasons why I think it's really good that we got a couple tough games to start the year because we're going to be better prepared than these other teams to kind of get some of those weeks in and get, you know, the, you know, brush the cobwebs off. I mean, right. we we get Nebraska we get Nebraska at home to start. We go to Penn State game two, but then after that, man, it's Rutgers at home, at Maryland, Indiana at home, at Illinois. We don't even have to have our B game for any of those games to pull through in a double digit victory. So I'm not worried about those at all. And then that gets us all the way to at Michigan State, second to last game, and then Michigan at home. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm not seeing an L here and I'm not even, you know, I just sure I never see an L any year and sometimes they sneak up and get you. But to be perfectly honest, knowing what we've prepared for and knowing what we're getting ready to do, if we have this season as it's actually scheduled, I don't I don't see anything even close here. You know, and also, you know, we kind of look for every year when this thing comes out. You know, there may be some obvious wins and some obvious losses, but, you know, maybe we're coming off a big game and, you know, could have a letdown or something like that. But I just don't see it with this one, the way that it's structured, where we go, we start off hard, then we go easy, then we finish hard. You know, I really don't see much of a drop off there. Do you feel like there's a trap game in there? If I'm going to even stretch and say there's any trap game, I'll go ahead and say the first game of the season would be a trap game, just simply because it's the first game of the season and everyone's coming out a little bit raw. I mean, we didn't get a spring game. I mean, these they've not legitimately hit someone, and I'm not, not even talking about putting pads on in practice. I mean, I'm talking legitimately hit someone, especially, you know, the quarterback, like in practice, even in their, you know, live scrimmages, 
they got the black jersey on. Like, you're, you're not supposed to hit the quarterback. So the, a lot of these guys have not had hard contact in probably some of the longest stretch that they've ever gone. I mean, barring someone that maybe is red-shirted or not played for a year, or, you know, recovering from injury. So maybe Nebraska could be a little bit of a trap game, mainly because I can guarantee we're probably going to go into that game as like a 14 to 17 point favorite, maybe even more than that. That could be a little bit of a trap game, but definitely not Penn State because Penn State has been the one team that's played us the closest. But you also got to think, too, like a lot of people think, oh, Penn State's our biggest rival. Well, in the last eight games, we're seven and one against them. So it's not like, you know, they're actually beating us all, you know, the handful of times. They got us that one time on a blocked field goal back in what? Yeah, it was that blocked field goal that they ran back for a touchdown and they ended up beating us by, what, three points that game? So, I mean, um, I think one of the factors also a lot of people aren't thinking about unless you're a real football head is you know, the crowd. There's no crowd at any of the Big Ten stadiums this year. So you can bet that's going to help us at Penn State because they normally do a, you know, it's going to be a night game and it's going to be a whiteout any given year. And usually when we go there, that's usually what gives us fits or we, pl- we play bad until the very end and pull it out. Like, I don't care what kind of crowd noise you're going to even try to pump in there. Like, you can't mistake 100,000 fans at, and during a night game. And I'm not even going to guarantee that that is a night game. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm kind of wondering, because of the fact that there's no fans, how many night games they're really going to have. I mean, I don't know. Everybody's got a shortened schedule. Everybody's playing less games. I don't know if they're going to try to get more daylight because the season's actually running more into December. Are they going to play the games at noon to try to get it in more of a daylight situation? I love the primetime game. You know me, I'd rather play every game that we have at 3.37 or 8 o'clock, every single one of them, but... I just wonder what the structure is going to be like if they're going to unfold it as the season goes or whether or not they're going to give us four or five nooners right off the rip. I think a lot that kind of goes into account as well there when they pick noon, 3.30, and 7, 8 o'clock games is they also look to see what other kind of games that week are on the radar in other conferences or big matchups. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about the money. It's about the TV contracts, and they're trying to get the most amount of viewers possible. I mean, they know Ohio State is going to view in from all around the country, but, you know, they're they're going to kind of want some regional views and maybe some national views just because it's the big matchup. I think it's going to also depend upon uh, who's actually playing each week or what the matchups are in regards to what the other conferences are doing. Uh, I'm pretty sure I thought I saw, even though they not released any of the times for each of these matchups yet, Pretty sure that the Ohio State Nebraska opener is going to be a noon game. I think that's the their focus game, and it's called you know the Fox does the big the big noon the Big Ten noon. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that one's going to be a noon game. I would guess that the at Penn State would be at least a three thirty game, if not an eight o'clock game, just because traditionally that's actually what it has been with Penn State. Like it's usually not a noon game. I mean, after that, I mean Rutgers, Maryland, Illinois, Iowa. I mean, I was actually going to be in the spot where Michigan normally would be in in regards to, I mean, I think that's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm not exactly sure uh, on those times there, but at this point, we finally have football. I don't think it really matters that much what time we're playing. I don't, when I look at this schedule, the fact that they've already announced that Nebraska is going to be a nooner, or at least we think it's going to be a nooner, and you know Michigan is as well, other than that, Penn State is really the only potential night game I see on there. I don't see us playing at night for any of those other matchups. 
No, I mean we go to Michigan State, but I I think I feel like the last couple times we've been at Michigan State, they've been a noon noon game. Not to um, mention they're they're going to be terrible this year. So I really don't think they're going to be well in in, in in Michigan State's defense. We're not getting them until in their defense. The, well, this okay. is a Buckeye podcast. Well, what I'm saying though is what's going to benefit them is that they're not getting us till their seventh game of the season. So any kinks that they need to work out for the beginning of the year, they're going to get, I mean, they go Rutgers, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Maryland, Northwestern. So there's still a really good chance that they're going to be four and two when they, when they see us, assuming that they beat Indiana, I assume they would beat Rutgers and Northwestern and probably Maryland. I think that lose to Michigan and Iowa. I mean, they're still going to have a decent record when they finish, you know, when they come to play us. I just think they got a lot going on there from all the fallout from what happened, you know, when D'Antonio left there and, you know, they got a new coach, you know, a lot of people leaving the program. I, I just feel like, uh, I feel like they got their work cut out for them this year. Not that I don't like Sparty, you know, I think they're one of the stronger teams, or at least they have been, you know, in the last decade or so. I mean, I don't like Sparty, but, you know, we kind of need them to be good. You know, just That's what I'm it, saying. like I don't like any of these teams in the Big Ten as an Ohio State fan, but you know we need these teams to be good because we need good competition and we need quality wins. I mean, if these teams continue to suck year in and year out, then in essence we're going to start looking like the ACC. I have to be honest with you. I am under the radar rooting for Nebraska to win every game except for when they play us. After all they've done for you know bringing Big Ten football back. And, you know, kind of the steps that they took that nobody else did. I feel like, you know, Nebraska and Ohio State are pretty much responsible for getting this train back on the tracks. And I honestly just would like to see them well, see them do well in the Big Ten. They haven't really had like a a lot of success. They haven't. I mean, they've made the championship game, but they haven't won anything yet. And obviously, I don't want them to win it this year. But I'm just saying I would really like to see Nebraska do well, especially because they got such a raw deal on the scheduling thing. As far as, I mean, they're they're hitting the gauntlet, man. They're getting them all. They got like, I think it's like four or five uh, top 25 teams in the first like five weeks or something like that. It's it's out of control. So I would really like to see them do well this year. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I want to see all the Big Ten teams do well anytime they're not playing us because I think anything that's going to benefit Ohio State would be for these teams to play well outside of playing Ohio State. Northwestern, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what I said, Northwestern. Nebraska, I keep looking at my schedule here, I see the end. Uh, Nebraska, um, it's funny because, yeah, they did whine a lot once the schedule came out, which is kind of redundant considering the fact that we fought so hard to play. I would not complain about any kind of schedule at this point. But, you know, of course they get Ohio State on the road game one. Yeah, is that the toughest matchup you could possibly draw game one? Absolutely. But you know what? Had the schedule never been kicked to the side from the beginning, you were going to play at Ohio State anyways. That shouldn't come as that big of a surprise. But then they go, you know, they got Wisconsin at home. And then a couple games after that, they got Penn State. You know, so there's a very good chance they could be one in three after four games. You know, they do have a tough four-game stretch to start the season. So I get that. But you have to think, you know, we're, we're going to be splitting some hairs here with talking about the schedule in regards to what we're happy with, what we're not happy with. At the end of the day, man, we got football, baby. We got football, and that's what counts. And that's why I was kind of confused when Nebraska was – I heard their AD say something like pretty much need to take it easy on us and, you know, get off us Well, they almost bit. feel like they did that intentionally because of the lawsuit against the Big Ten. But there's – listen, 
to you. Now, I, man, I would like to say that they're not being petty and not doing that. But do you like anyone that's ever done any ske- Have you ever done any scheduling before? I mean, like not football, I, I've, but I've not done scheduling, but I've assisted ADs in school districts I've taught in with some scheduling, and it's a nightmare. Because, you know, especially when you have 14 teams in a conference, like there's not 14 teams in high school districts a lot of the time. So you're dealing with a lot of home and aways that you have to fit in between everyone's schedule. And you have to make sure that, well, hey, you know, we get our six in division matchups that we're supposed to have. Three of those got to be home. Three of those got to be away. And then we have to have our, you know, cross cross division matchups, which, you know, we have to have one of those home, one of those away. And getting all this stuff to match up, you know, perfectly it, it is not as easy as what it sounds. So I don't really think any of this thing was intentional. Uh, could you maybe reorder them a little differently? Maybe. But at the end of the day, I mean, this the schedule was probably pretty close to what it was originally supposed to be anyways in the Big Ten. See, I don't think it was intentional, but I will say that I believe because, you know, they got Wisconsin and Minnesota, which are going to be two ranked teams probably when we start this off. But to have the two crossover games be Ohio State and Penn State, I mean, you couldn't have picked. Oh, those you know are by I mean? far the two hardest crossover games that you could have asked for, with the exception of the other one being Michigan. But, I mean, we don't really know what Michigan's going to be this year. I mean, they have a new quarterback. I've heard a lot of people say that they're comparing him to like a Cam Newton type of quarterback, which is, man, that's that's a big ask. Uh, who knows? I mean, maybe they could Michigan could come out hot and they could be the number two in the East. I mean, I'm sorry. No one's going to take over the number one in the East. No one's going to take over Ohio State until they beat Ohio State. I don't I don't really know where they're going to be at. But I mean, you know, the East is always predominantly been the tougher division. And even though the East may be a little bit down just overall as a whole, or the West is at least strengthened a little bit with, you know, Minnesota being a little bit better. Wisconsin's always kind of there. I was always kind of there. Nebraska trying to improve, you know, in what year three or four of Scott Frost. I, I think they're starting to even out a little bit, but the problem is Ohio state is just still so much better than everyone else in the entire conference that the East is always going to be lopsided. It is. And I feel like, the reason Ohio State's crossover game or one of the crossover games isn't Wisconsin is because I kind of think, although most of the scheduling isn't intentional, I think some of it also is. I think they probably see Ohio State and Wisconsin ending up in the Big Ten championship game, which is pretty much what I think as well. And that's what everyone want to see that game that's twice. What, that's what everyone's picked through ESPN. But I mean, heck, we played Wisconsin two times last year. I mean, we've already played them uh, cross conference several times in the last few years. I mean, the stuff has to rotate. So I don't, I've, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing on the uh, original schedule before they went to the conference only one about a month and a half ago that, you know, Wisconsin wasn't even on our schedule. So I think honestly what these schedules are is what the original Big Ten schedule was supposed to be. One more point I'd like to bring up is that I kind of wonder how this is all going to shake out when it comes to the playoffs. The reason I'm saying that is because with the shortened schedule now and the two crossover games, you have completely taken out. I think you've taken out strength of the schedule on a lot of the stuff because there's no, there's no out of conference test. There's no anything else. You can't say, oh well, you know, you went to Texas and beat them, or you went to USC and beat them. Now it's everybody beating up on everybody. So like you said, maybe, maybe Nebraska. You know what I mean? Maybe Nebraska loses to Ohio State. Maybe they beat Penn State. 
maybe we beat both of them. You know what I mean? Which one is a better team? You know, what is considered a good loss or a good win now when you have everybody playing everybody? I think I think this year more than any other year with the CFP, it's going to have to go upon the eye test. And that's why I think Ryan Day needs to be telling his team, every single team we play, we need to be running up the score as much as we can. We already know that, you know, from that interaction that Ryan Day had with uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, a month ago, he said he's going to run the score on him. He's going to try to score 100 on him. I think he needs to be doing that. I think he needs to be doing that with every single team. You know, do we? The one thing that does help us a little is we did have that preseason rank, which they went ahead and included the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and we knew that Ohio State was ranked number two, and they had you know twenty, thirty some first place votes. Did you see the latest coaches poll that came out that re-included the Big Ten? Did you see where we're at? I think it was a ten. Ten? Are you kidding me? Like you really think just because we decided not to play, and these other teams, some of these other teams still haven't even played. Now that we're back. We go from two to ten. Yeah, like really. I don't know. Now, don't get me wrong. Like the, the coaches' poll is irrelevant because the only co- the poll that matters is the CFP poll. So it would it, it doesn't matter what the AP says or what the coaches' poll says. It's what this, the CFP says. You know, at, at least to begin the year in that preseason rank, I think we had what six teams, six teams that were in the top twenty-five. Right. So at least there's a little bit of kind of a like a baseline that we can start with, or at least, you know, people can kind of start with to kind of give uh, an idea of maybe roughly what our strength of schedule might look like. But again, everyone knows that the preseason ranks don't mean anything. I mean, outside really of the top 10, it's kind of a guessing game. And even inside the top 10, I mean, I, I feel like there was a, a stat I read probably a couple of years ago that every single year, a team that's uh, preseason ranked inside the top 10 finishes the season unranked, but it's like one. So, I mean, at the at the end of the day, for the most part, I mean, I, I could sit here and tell you who the best four teams in the country are because even there's a little bit of rollover with some of the key players, I could tell you who the best four are. And it's going to be Oklahoma. We'll, I'll give slash Texas with that one. But then it's mm-hmm. going to be uh, Alabama. It's going to be Clemson. It's going to be Ohio State. And there's nothing that you can tell me in recent memory, especially with who we know is coming back on all these or, you know, the recruiting rankings, that that's going to be any different. I just wonder what all is going to play a factor in that if they are going to go to the eye test. Number two, are they going to are they going to explain the criteria this year because it's a weird year? And number three, I wonder if because the Big Ten is playing an abbreviated schedule. I wonder if they're going to keep us out till the end. Meaning, I I wonder if we won't crack the top four, even if we should be there, until the Big Ten Championship game is over for the final CFP. I think that's actually a really good question and something that I've actually considered. And I think another thing, too, that kind of matches that is the fact the coaches poll put us all the way back at 10th without even playing a game, even though the SEC hadn't played a game. But they still have Alabama up there, what, Number one, I think. I think they still have Alabama as number one, even though Clemson's already played two games and they have Clemson at two or Clemson at three or somewhere somewhere weird like that. I just so, can't believe that you would think that there would be that big of a fall off. So you had well, us two a couple of weeks ago and now we're ten. Is that just because – that's what I want to know. Is that just because we're playing less games so you're punishing us for it? Or is well, it because you tell, actually I can tell you who right now voted in, not in our favor, and that was Dabo Sweeney. I mean, if there's been anyone started. in the media that has been the biggest 
chicken shit, and you can blurt that out of this entire thing, it has been Dabo Sweeney. Not once has he said, man, I really hope Ohio State gets in. I want to play him again. That was a great game. I'm looking forward to it. I really hope they get a chance. No, this whole time he's like, well, I don't think the Big Ten should get a chance since they're not playing on time. Or I don't think they deserve a chance to play. I mean, he's been anti the Ohio State, basically. When I say Big Ten, it's Ohio State. Getting into the playoff this entire time. And I told you, I, I might even mention it maybe on our first one first one or two podcasts that, you know, he I think he knows that we are the better team. He knew we were the better team last year. And even though they have Trevor Lawrence coming back and their uh, starting running back who decided not to go, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. ETN. Yeah, Travis ETN. They have a stellar one-two punch there. Our defensive line pretty much had our way with their O-line. Uh, their defense didn't really do much to stop us. I mean, we stopped ourselves in that game. We had penalties. We had two drop passes in the red zone for touchdowns. That uh, We had to end up taking field goal. I mean, had we played our A game with no mistakes, we would have beat them by 20 that game. So oh, yeah. I know that we I, have I a lot coming just... back. Like, he, that he's just, he's such a little weasel. Like, you know, I used to maybe respect him a little bit early on, and I kind of like the way he coached, and he's, you know, real players coach and all that. But man, I, he's just a little weasel. Like you know, behind closed doors, like he's doing every little thing he can to try to like belittle someone else and make himself look better. And I just, you know, I've really hopped off any bandwagon I ever was with trying to be a fan of of him as a coach because he'll say one thing to the camera and then he'll, you know, kind of act one way the other way. And I just, I, not a big fan. But I can guarantee him on top of you know some other people that are Ohio State haters. I mean, it's a human poll, and it's a coach's poll. And there's going to be people that negatively are going to vote uh, where the Big Ten should be because they, one, either dislike the conference or dislike Ohio State, or two, because they feel like, you know, we're coming in late to the game and we're not going to have as many games that we should be penalized for that. And, you know, trying to play the devil's advocate here, hindsight being 2020, I may feel that way too. If I was ACC or somebody like that that's playing a or Big 12 that's playing a full schedule, I would be pissed off. I would be pissed off if I was Oklahoma or something like that. It comes down to Ohio State and Oklahoma, and say we're 9-0, or say we're even 8-0 because a game gets canceled or something like that, but somehow they manage to squeak through their entire season and maybe lose one game. Let's say lose a game somewhere. So they've got 11 wins and a loss, and we got 8 wins. I would be pissed off. I would be pissed off if, if Ohio State gets in over me. I mean, just to be honest. Right, but, I mean, there's one conference now that is not playing that is most likely not going to get consideration unless something miraculously happens in the next couple weeks, and it's the Pac-12. So that argument really shouldn't be important unless you find yourself not winning your conference and being a one-loss team because Man, there's I four big conferences. So you know, so if Oklahoma wants to be mad about it or if someone in the SEC or Clemson or anyone wants to be mad about it, I would tell them, hey, win your conference then. Pretty much you win your conference with one loss or less in those other three conferences, you're in. So if you want to complain and worry about what Ohio State's doing, win your conference. Because pretty much from this year, what it looks like is as long as you win your conference with one loss or less, you're in. Now in the Big Ten situation, with the limited number of games and the possibility to lose. So if they want to keep complaining, like... You know, I get it if, you know, there's a, a one-loss team in those conferences that didn't win their conference, 
would they have an argument against a Big Ten championship or Big Ten champion that has like one loss? I can understand a little bit of that argument, but at the same time, you didn't win your conference. Like you took an L, you know? So anyone that wants to complain, and I'm always a big proponent of this, man. And as long as you know me, it's just win your games. If you win them all, you have nothing to complain about. If you've lost somewhere along the road, you've had a hiccup, then you're putting your destiny or, you know, whatever your future is in someone else's hands. Unless so you're just in the don't SEC. don't lose a game. Just don't, well, don't lose a game. But the SEC is such a gauntlet, Davis. That's why, that's why they can still lose so tough. That's why they don't have to schedule out of conference games. That's why they don't have, they can schedule Citadel in the eighth game of the season, lose a game somewhere in the uh, championship game or something like that and still get in. Um, yes, I agree that it's more of a gauntlet than any other conference, but I don't think it's as quite the gauntlet as everyone expects. I mean, if we really want to pull up each and every single team, you're going to sit here and tell me that it's as big of a gauntlet as everyone thinks. I mean, they say SEC football doesn't matter who you play each and every week, you're going to be tested. I mean, really, you're going to say that, you know, about teams like, especially lately, like Tennessee's not been great. Ole Miss not been great. Kentucky's just been a 500 team. Uh, Texas A&M has been maybe a little bit better than 500. LSU's going to end up probably being a little bit down this year. Uh, Arkansas is awful. Um, I mean, I, there's several of teams that I can list. Like, it's not the gauntlet where every single game, you know, you're being tested. I mean, I will give them this. They're a little more top-heavy. They have a little more depth up top. But it's not like the severe gauntlet everyone's putting on it to be. And I think a lot of that has just been media-driven, SEC-driven, or ESPN-driven uh, for a long time. Now, I still will sit here and say begrudgingly that the SEC has probably been the best football conference in the better part of the last two decades, uh, just in regards to consistency and the amount of teams up top that are you know, top 25 teams. I will definitely give them that. But you can't sit there and tell me that you're going to go through a 10-game conference season in the SEC and you're going to be lucky to pull out 5-5 five and because five it's a gauntlet. Like, come on. Maybe there's three, four at best teams on your schedule that are going to be super competitive that you got to navigate through. At the end of the day, man, okay, I'll give them this. The SEC with one loss and not winning a conference title is going to get that the nod over any other conference one-loss non-conference champ. Like, I understand that because they do have more top-heavy in there, the better conference. But you can't sit there and tell me, like, a team that's not won their conference gets to go in over a team from another conference that has won their conference. Even though, unfortunately, we have seen that with Alabama getting in, not even going to their championship game, and Ohio State winning the Big Ten and not getting in. Yeah. So, I mean... It, but again, that just backs up my claim, too, that, you know, a lot of this is media driven and perception driven that the SEC is the best and you lose one there. Don't even get your conference championship game. You're better than any other one loss team. Guaranteed. Bar none. It doesn't even matter who you won or who you lost it. Right. So I just there's a little bit of unfairness in there. And that's one thing I'm tired of hearing about with this SEC bias is how, you know, we come play in our league and, you know, you'd have four losses. Like, are you serious? Like you can say that to a lot of teens, but yeah, I, I I'm not 100% buying that entirely. Like I'll give them this, they are super competitive in the t especially at the top. But it, it's like almost a given. Like it's not even. It's almost like a criteria saying, hey, the SEC loses one game, any of these other conference players lose one game, and 
the 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 favor goes to the SEC. We're not even going to look at the rest of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. You know, I've I felt this way for a long time about the about uh, the SEC man and just the way. I mean, yeah, it's top heavy, and they got some good teams in there. But I would honestly, I would put Ohio State against any one of those teams. I would, and even on even on years we're not talking about like today, I would love to play Alabama. I would play Alabama. You know, that's why I was really excited when they did the home and home. Even though I can't remember what year it is, but I'm sure Saban probably be dead by then. Yeah, but, I think it was like 2087, <laughs> something like that. But he'd probably still be coaching. Who knows? But I, you know, I would love to see that happen eventually, where we can start scheduling a little bit more of them, so we can we can prove that. I mean, that's that's the way you do it. Let's schedule them in non-conference, you know, and 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 play them. And also, you know, I've always been a big fan of scheduling like a Houston, a Boise State, uh, Utah, you know, somebody like that, like kind of the up-and-comers in the uh, of the smaller schools. Hey, real quick, um, real quick, right off the top of your head, month out, what's your prediction for Ohio State in the season? Overall record? Yeah, I mean for the Big Ten, do you see a slip up in there? Do you predict I have to any be honest? Loss? People are probably going to roll their eyes when I say this. We're going to be 9-0, and and we will win every game by two scores. And I'm taking you probably picking us against Wisconsin in the championship game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the ninth game. 9-0 and by two scores and everything. I'm telling you, the talent level is just on another level this year. It, this is it, man. If I, and I never say that. This is the year right here. If we get to play all the games, barring injury and COVID-19, I'll see you in the final four. Yeah, and I am, God, man, we've agreed way too much in this show. Anyone that knows us knows that we argue about this stuff all the time. We're never on the same page, but I guess that's 2020 for you, isn't it? But I'm going to say the same thing. I think we, we roll this schedule, and I think uh, it's a double-digit victory all the way through. I don't think anyone gets within 10 points of us. Uh, I'd say we probably end up going in as probably the number three or four seed just because we're going to have less games. And it's going to be yeah. a Clem- it's going to be a Clemson or Alabama matchup. I think so, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll be counting the days. Yep, I hear you, brother. All right, well, real quick, Davis, let everybody know where they can listen to us and where they should check us out. Okay, so uh, again, um, follow us on Facebook. We got a page rolling there. We uh, put a lot of good content out there, as well as uh, our most updated uh, podcast when they're released. Uh, we have a YouTube page that you can go find us. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like the videos, uh, and hit the uh, notification bell so you can uh, find out when we're putting stuff up. And we're also newly out on Spotify, iTunes. Um, Google Play, and I also believe iHeartRadio. So uh, go ahead and check us out and uh, let us know what you think. And guys, we appreciate your support. And we will see you guys next week. Go Bucks. OH.